gmail.com. If you have any thoughts on today's news, don't hesitate to send it to me as well. Same, same email address, asianwave101 at gmail.com. So coming up next, we got the weekly arts report. Rohit's going to take my place in the in the uh, big boss chair here in the studio. <laughs> and to end us off, I guess you could say this is kind of like a similar note. I actually have a Korean-Canadian hip-hop artist called J-Rise, and the song is called This Isn't Who We Are, featuring Toronto-based singer Jordan Lorenzo. So we're going to play off with that, and coming up next, Arts Report. For CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, I'm Steve. Thank you to Rohit and Sarah for coming in here today. You know, Thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun. Cheers, man. Yeah. So until next time, everyone, J-Rise with This Isn't Who We Are. Peace, guys. Rise. Got me up all night drinking this liquor, stupid I know All the things that we've been through, I'm trying to get through moving on slow My head above the waters, it's harder than it seems And I can't take it any longer, I'm starting to feel weak It's been weeks since I last saw you, I should have tried but didn't bother Ego got the best of me, but I should be a lot stronger I'm trying to move onward, cause it's no longer now I don't got her I keep thinking about Should have called her or stopped her from drifting away Seconds to days, regretting mistakes I'm missing your face And when you were left, memories we had But it's in the past I wish it'd be reversed I give you everything you deserve Life's becoming a blur Love is something you can't reimburse Swimming in the deep end Reality's starting to seep in There's nothing like us You're the one I wanted to be with There's no one I can relate to and life's becoming a playful. The love is gone, and maybe it'd be easier to you hate. Say that you don't care, you don't wanna deal with me. You push me away, but baby, I'm not your enemy. I don't wanna go there, I hate when you pressure me. Cause baby, one day I won't have any more energy. I'm sorry for all the fights and all of the lonely nights, but everything you do in me ain't right. I'm sorry we fell apart, can we just go back to the start? I Feel like I sold, where did it go? I should have played my role, keep it controlled, where did I go? I can't find myself. I'm living so lost, and where was my cause? I'm trying to do well. This love doesn't cost, but I'm so exhausted. Please take the pain away, nothing can save the day. I can't complain, I need to make a change. And I tried erasing your name away. How does a love so amazing just fade away? It's been overdue for a while. I should hit you up and see what's been up. How you doing right now? Cause I've been missing that beautiful smile. What am I doing? I should keep moving, damn. Why am I looking back? I need to relax, leave it in the past. Damn, what am I looking at? It's so annoying, I can't control it. Think about us like drinking a poison. It's really killing me, how should I deal with it? Trying to be real with it, it's really pointless, it's really pointless. Stop moping about it, stop being a bitch. Get back to my focus, stop being hopeless, start being open. Go out and live, there's no one I can relate to. How did I get so hateful? The love is gone, the love is gone. It's easier to you hate that you. you don't care, you don't want to deal with me. You push me away, but baby, I'm not your enemy. I don't want to go there, I hate when you pressure me. Cause baby, one day I won't have any more energy. I'm sorry for all the fights and all of the lonely nights. But everything you're doing to me ain't right. I'm sorry we fell apart. Can we just go back to the start? Must
I'm Christine. I work in the music department. Hi, my name is Natalie, the new media coordinator. Hey, it's uh, Rohit Joseph, sponsorship coordinator. Hi, this is Yusin. I'm the outreach coordinator. This is Brenda, host of Peanut Butter and Jams on Thursdays. Nasher, the ad coordinator at CITR. My name is Robin Ellum. I'm the program manager. Hi, I'm Eric Coates, the student music executive. This is Costa, the news director. Hey, it's John, the production coordinator. Hey, this is Josh. I'm the digital submissions coordinator. I'm Nellie, host of The Cat's Pajams. This is Matt Granlin from Stranded, the Australian-Canadian music and talk show. My name is Hugo. I'm the volunteer manager. Hey, I'm Jane. I'm the volunteer coordinator. Hey, it's Sarah Cordon-Lee from the CITR music department. This is Eleanor Waring president of CITR Student Executive. From all of us at CITR, we would like to acknowledge and thank everyone who donated to this year's fund drive. With the help of listeners like you, we raised over $38,000. For this incredible generosity, we would like to say thank you. Thanks, you. Thank you for donating to fund drive. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, We love you guys. Take it easy. Thank you so much for donating to FunDrive. Thank you. Your donation makes such a huge difference. Thank you so much for all your donations. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you all so much for your support. Thank you very much to everybody that donated for FunDrive. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for supporting this year's FunDrive. Thanks, guys, for volunteering and donating. Thank you so much for donating to CITR's FunDrive this year. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to the Arts Report. This is Ashley. My name's Jake. And we're also joined with Rohit. So today on the Arts Report, we've got a lot of stuff, mostly involving the really fantastic Vancouver International Dance Festival that everyone should think about attending. We also have Arts Reporter Serena Navarro joining us today with a review on Dairaka Kudakan, which was one of the show's performed at the Vancouver International Dance Festival. I have an interview coming up with the artistic director, Ms. Barbara Bourget. And later on, we'll be joined with uh, Christine, who is our favorite theater correspondent about Triumph of Love, as well as some other cool stuff happening in Vancouver. All right, so welcome to the show, Serena. Thanks for having me. So, <laughs> um, this is your first time kind of like reporting for the Arts Report, is that right? Yeah, it's my first time. Um, and never done a- it before. <laughs> <laughs> and can we ask, what did you go see at the Vancouver International Dance Festival, and how did you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was the uh, opening night of uh, the Vancouver International Dance Festival, and I went to go see, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it as well as you do. Dairakakudakan. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, a dance troupe from uh, Tokyo, um and um akaji maro um started at about 43 years ago mm-hmm. it was the first dance performance in vancouver or sorry in canada actually. Oh, wow yeah so it was really big um and he um created um a dance um performance called mushi no hoshi mm-hmm. space insect 
It was about an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. Uh, the setup uh, to start, there were uh, all these different sort of um, uh, hanging metal poles. Oh, wow. In, yeah. Kind of eerie. Yeah, very eerie. If you've seen it, it's all over the bus stops in mm-hmm. Vancouver, of course. But um, and it broken up on the stage, uh, stage left, stage right, and one in the middle. And um, but they were moving though they weren't stationary, which mm-hmm. was a cool thing. So throughout the dance, these these kind of poles were moving. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, only only um, sort of uh, produced by the people, the dancers mm-hmm. at certain points throughout um, throughout the dance performance, and uh, it definitely made noise. And uh, with the lights as well, mm-hmm. they and the music sort of um, created a very uh, awesome ambience. And um, yeah. The aesthetic was beautiful to start off. And um, from what I can see of the posters, the people, they're all like like painted like white or something with like dark, like like circles around their eyes and stuff like that, right? Yeah, uh, sort of a traditional, uh, I don't know, you would just say Japanese or Asian, um, mm-hmm. white and black sort of uh, accented, accented features of mm-hmm. eyes, uh, mouth, nose, and uh, eyebrows. Um, which uh, I was in the last row, but mm-hmm. you could definitely uh, see all their facial okay. expressions, which okay. was very cool. Um, yeah, like they had uh, nine different sort of pieces broken up mm-hmm. throughout the uh, hour and a half. And um, it really focused on, without even reading the intro, because I decided to go in there blindly. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, you could see that they, they were sort of uh, very uh, concise and strict mov- movements and mm-hmm. very clear-cut um, they were also um, very uh, uh, integrated together. So mm-hmm. a lot of the dance movements were um, sort of circular and they were a sort of a hive mentality. Mm-hmm. So, so you got sort of themes like insect and um, mm-hmm. sort of conforming and stuff like that. The cluster. Yeah. Was, was there um, any, were you able to pick up on characters or storylines? Um, like you mentioned facial expressions, but would it be unique for different characters or? Yeah, definitely. Uh, at the beginning, uh, funny enough, they were all dressed in regular, uh, you know, Americanized um, dress. Dress, yeah. Uh, that was like for the first ones for sort of uh, to identify that like us as humans, just like insects are mm-hmm. quite conforming. Um, and then they broke out into sort of these crazy costumes and you sort of got the theme about what was going to uh, sort of progress. And um, mm-hmm. it started with uh, mating, actually. There was a lot of different mating rituals. Mm-hmm. To get everyone's attention, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much to get everyone's attention, which was which was uh, quite funny to see. <laughs> and combined with the sort of um, 50s themed music, little bit. Oh, okay. It was really a little, very bizarre. Was it kind of like jarring to you as an audience member? How did it make you yeah. feel um, when you watched it? It was a little strange, uh, but at the same time, I'm really fascinated that I've had a degree mm-hmm. in psychology, so I'm really fascinated with mating rituals and mm-hmm. uh, human nature and stuff. And so they sort of progressed from insects and a mating ritual, which actually the uh, male dancers were wearing a gold, I don't even know how to, a gold kettle on their head a gold kettle on yeah. their head like yeah a, like the kettle kettle like, like a full-on gold kettle you can see any face or anything oh, okay and as their nose was where the spout was wow and they cool. proceeded to hit the floor with their head it was 
Is it kind of, it, is that like, strange. is that kind of some kind of bug? Do, do any bugs do that? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they, so they tried to court these females throughout the different, um, uh, what I said earlier, those little poles and mm-hmm. sort of. So uh, it was um, an interesting intro, that's for sure. Was yeah. was humor a part of it, or was it sort of like? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it um, sounds really bizarre, but was it yeah. approached with mm. some kind of like a, a lighthearted tone or like a serious sort of? Uh, I think it was it was mostly serious the whole entire time. You could definitely tell that there was like there he was trying to um, create an image and sort of shock you into realizing what humans do mm. uh, as as a parallel to insects, which was very cool. And um, yeah, and I guess I'll go into the other ones um, after that insect one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of went into a theme of death and Mother Nature as one of the Hi. principal dancers, which was actually um, Akaji, mm-hmm. came out and sort of in this decrepit decay form um, was trying to be courted by all these different females, but it wasn't working. Oh. I mean, it's sort of like he was decayed into death. Mm-hmm. And um, the females tried to bring him back to life, and it was sort of this story about how um, the decay of, say, human nature was sort of rivaling through um, the planet. Okay. You could say, and um, it it ends up starting to um, uh, bring Mother Nature in, which is actually the female on the front. Mm-hmm. And they sort of have this dance of death, like who's gonna win? Is it gonna like the the uh, bacteria sort of insect, you know, very low level, mm-hmm. or is it going to be, you know, human life? And uh, in the end, um, Mother Earth dies pretty much, and decay yeah. and bacteria take over the world. It was it was crazy. That's pretty poignant. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's how the world is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was very cool. Um, I don't know. If you ask me more questions, I could come up with more ideas and stuff, but. <laughs> It was, um, uh, yeah. Well, your, cool. This is your first time going to a show at the Vancouver International Dance Festival, is that right? Yeah. And h- how was the venue like? Because w- w- you have, it was the first time you also went to that venue, is that right? Yeah, the Vancouver Playhouse Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. Uh, huge, mm, just very pretty inside. <laughs> yeah. It seems like w- one of the things standing out about this performance was it's so visually striking, not just in in the dance but in the production quality too so even just looking at the images on the bus ads and pamphlets it's just full production in every aspect like Mm -hmm. full makeup and and costume and everything um yeah i guess that's not a question well no actually well because you you sort of brought it out into the air the production um and the music was actually um very strange and bizarre Mm -hmm. but sort of matched it in a strange way with the the lighting and because the the silver bars were throughout the stage they had sort of a white wash and okay. it sort of bounced back onto the audience at specific times where it sort of you know was forcing the audience to mm-hmm. sort of look within and i noticed that and i thought that's a little strange i wonder if they did that on purpose i'm sure they probably did but you never know and then um yeah they had some beautiful uh ambionic sort of uh, melodic piano and mm-hmm. um a very deep bass drum was percussion. it almost synthetic or was it natural like instrument sounds uh very synthetic 
Okay. Yeah, very synthetic, which I think added to it a little bit, but I see. I think it was probably because um, of the 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 nature of the themes that they were trying yeah, to bring space out. Yeah, and insect and stuff like that. Yeah. Was there a particular part that you enjoyed the most? Um. Yeah. There. There was um one part with uh, the females coming out, and they had um a traditional sort of beekeeping uh long oh that's neat uh sort of a stick with the the mesh on the end Mm -hmm. i don't know what that's called but they try to like capture butterflies and stuff like that yeah a A what a A net net. i know (laughs) i'm like what's this fancy thing with a mesh stick with a mesh oh right it's a net Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, and they were trying to catch their their mates, okay. and then in the end, they ended up having the mesh come over their face, their own face, their own face, mm-hmm. and then the long stick was sort of um, a ritualistic tapping mm. on the ground to try to bring Mother Earth back to life, and it became very um, uh, well. I enjoy heavy metal, and uh, <laughs> it became very sort of trance like and like very deep basing rumbling and sort of get you right into the core that was probably my favorite part just in the in the last couple of minutes uh, going to an event like this um is very different from you know kind of most narratives that you go see if if you're seeing a movie or a play even or or anything like that mm-hmm. how do you find going to f- going to enjoy a night out of um some performance art and and experiencing something like this. It's more abstract and just like a linear storyline, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I enjoy the I enjoy those kinds of performances because it makes you think. And then when you're, you know, um, after drinking or having some food with friends that went to go see it with you, you can have this dialogue about what they saw and pulled out of the performance and what you mm-hmm. saw and what it all means and all that jazz. All right, well, thank you so much for your segment on Dairaku Kudakan for no the problem. Vancouver International Dance Festival. Again, that was Serena Navarro from the Arts Report. And now we'll kind of... We'll take a quick little PSA break. I guess Sorry. so. All right, PSA. Yeah, uh, thanks again to Serena. No thank problem. You. I'm going to do a shout-out later. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep you on for that. Cool. So if you want to hear more from Serena, stay tuned. <laughs> Don't go away. Hey there, CITR members. CITR's annual general meeting is this March 30th at the UBC Sub Ballroom. The annual general meeting consists of reports, elections for new community board members, elections for the leaders of next year's student executive, and voting on bylaw changes. It is a super important event for CITR members to attend. We need at least 60 student members present to be able to vote, so please tell your pals. After the annual general meeting, we will have a volunteer appreciation party, celebrating accomplishments throughout the year, giving away prizes, and offering free food. This March 30th at the UBC Sub Ballroom. All right, welcome back to the Arts Report. So Serena has something that she'd like for our listening community to know about. Yeah, um, I just wanted to do a quick shout out to um, a person that I work with, Michelle Tully. She has um, an art um, exhibition right now going Mm -hmm. on from March 6th to April 12th at Gallery Gachet at 88 East Cordova Street. It's called The Celebration of Energy, and I'll just read a little snippet of Yeah, please, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Um, It says, Tully's paintings consist of bright color, shape, and line which weave together to create dynamic depth in these works on paper. Her two-dimensional compositions meander across the surface as if 
paint dances across the surface to a silent melody. Um, yeah, I've seen her work numerous times because I work with her, but mm-hmm. um, uh, it's uh, very sort of psychedelic, but at the same time, um, calming in a, in a strange mm-hmm. way. So if you guys enjoy that kind of uh, stuff, you should go check it out. And where is it one more time? Uh, Gallery Gaché, 88 East Cordova. And that's right in the downtown east side. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you Serena. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely be having you on in the future. You yeah. should come back. Yeah, I'm down for that. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so up next, um, uh, Ashley, you actually spoke with uh, the director of the Vancouver in- International Dance Festival. Yes, so Ms. Barbara why you, Boucher. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it before we uh, play the clip? Sure. It was, it was really cool. Um, the thing is, we first arranged to meet at a cafe, but then the cafe we went to was, like, really crowded. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right, uh-oh. I wonder if we can get that. So I actually got to go to her home, and then... Oh, nice. Yeah, that was really cool. And we talked a little bit about... You know, Vancouver International Dance Festival, her background as a dancer and her artistic vision. And we talked a little bit about uh, the entertainment industry and their obsession with dance shows and how it's different from the dance shows that are on kind of like in Vancouver and everywhere else today. All right. Awesome. So uh, coming up next is Ashley's interview with Barbara Bourget. So I'm sitting with the Vancouver International Dance Festival Artistic Director, That's Ms. Correct. Barbara Bourget. Hello. Hello. How are you, Ashley? I'm good. And how are you? I'm well. I heard that your show just started on the 8th. We did uh, our first two shows, which mm-hmm. were two site-specific shows oh, with see. Kokoro Dance mm-hmm. at, at uh, Woodward's Atrium. And we're going to do two of those tomorrow as well. Oh. But the show opened, the shows in the Roundhouse opened on March 12th. Okay. 12th, 13th, 14th, yes. And it's to the 28th, is that right? It's to the 28th. I see. And could you tell me a little bit more about, um, I guess, this year's Vancouver International Dance Festival selections? Well, this year we're starting off with a wonderful piece by Benoit Lachambre mm-hmm. of a dance company called Parbleu out of Montreal. Mm-hmm. It's a piece called Snakeskins. He was supposed to perform at last year's festival, but he broke his arm a month oh. before, yeah. yeah, swimming with the dolphins in Hawaii. <laughs> so he was unable to perform, so Kokoro Dance stepped in for him last mm-hmm. year. But we're really excited um, to have him this year. He did. He's already done two shows to mm-hmm. really uh, wonderful response from audience. And then we have sharing the bill with Benoit is Benj- Benjamin Camino, who's a young choreographer out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. He does the seven o'clock show, which is a free show, by oh, the way. Oh, okay. Uh, with a three, you have to be a member of the VIDF, which only mm-hmm. costs three dollars, and then you you can see all of the seven o'clock shows. And he's quite a wonderful young artist, full of humor and uh, lightness, laughter, and so that's beautiful. Tonight is the last night for those two shows. Mm-hmm. Then next week, we start the week with six o five and out inner space on Thursday night. They're performing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And joining them is Fernac Ferrer, who's from Hungary. He's doing the 7 o'clock show. We're excited about this. We've never had Ferrac at the festival. 605 and Out Interspace, of course, are Vancouver groups. So they're Mm -hmm. really, really wonderful. They're both doing works in progress. So it'll be a really strong evening, I think, of dance again. And uh, then at the Playhouse next week, March 20th and 21st, we have Daira Kudakan which is a 22-member mm-hmm. dance company from Japan, and we are so excited. I mean, that's their picture. I know that your audience can't see it, but these are all <laughs> over the city. 
So we're really excited. That's been a dream of ours, is to bring this wonderful Buto company from Japan. I heard that Kokoro Dance is also, they, they, you guys also do Buto, is that correct? Right. We're very influenced by the form. I mean, mm -hmm. we are not, we don't do, we are, Buto is a form of artistic practice, like, like most artistic, I would say all artistic practices, to find an authenticity mm -hmm. in your own practice regarding whatever it is you do, dance, music. Um, and we've been investigating the form since we formed Kokoro Dance 29 years ago in 1986. You were one of the uh, co-founders, is that correct? Yeah, Jay, my life partner, and myself, mm -hmm. we formed this dance company. So, I mean, we, it might only d demise if we get divorced. <laughs> but not even then. Not going to I just wanted to ask, for the audiences that really don't know, what is Buto? I'm pretty sure people would know the classic no dance. But I don't know if they would understand Bhutto. Bhutto is, uh, I would say, Bhutto was influenced by No, mm -hmm. for sure. It came out of Japan. I mean, the first documented performance of Bhutto was in mm -hmm. 1959. But Bhutto is, for me, and I think when you're talking about what is this, what is that, you can only talk from your own perspective, uh, right? Yes. You can't say what other people think. Mm -hmm. For me, it's really about this um, search for an authenticity of movement. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's not influenced by other things. And right now, I mean, Bhutto, since its inception, has been very influential in the art of dance theater, for mm -hmm. sure. Branching out into theater, there's a lot of theatrical people who are, have been very influenced by Bhutto. So it's a form that, uh, rather than... Uh, uh, working on a codified technique, say like ballet, and people, uh, you know, ballet being the most conservative of those kind of things, mm -hmm. but I mean, tap has to do codified steps and jazz as well. Um, it works with a different kind of focus, uh, uh, working from Im imagery, mm -hmm. maybe uh, it also, uh, imagery of the body, like this piece, um, mm -hmm. the, the name of it translates into space insect, and to create this piece, mm -hmm. the director had, they brought insects into the studio and studied oh, wow. the way they move. Yeah. So it's all about that kind of, it's not, they're not becoming insects, mm -hmm. but they're uh, embracing that kind of movement quality. So Bhutto is about, very much about those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Not searching for perfection, like a kind of aesthetic like ballet, which is the perfect body, the perfect jump, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's the not, forms. Yeah, it's not so much about that, but it has form, it has rigor, it has discipline, like mm -hmm. it shares that with all the other dance forms. I believe that you also come from a tap and ballet background. Is this true? Yes. And I also read that you were also part of a really big Kanda-wide uh, dance troupe for ballet. Yes, I well, I started at I started dancing when I was four, mm -hmm. and I started da tap dancing. I started ballet when I was nine, and when I was nineteen, I was dancing with Les Grands Ballet Canadiens. Wow, that's quite an achievement, and just at under twenty years old. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's not unusual. I mean, ballet, mm -hmm. you ha in a way, you have you must be quite young to. Um, study ballet and and we once you get bitten by that bug we were here <laughs> my friends and I at, at a young age all we wanted to do was dance we didn't mm -hmm. do anything else you know we just didn't we didn't have boyfriends we didn't do any, <laughs> really I wasn't a teenager until I was in my 30s because oh, I had I spent a lot of time working on this art form and and it's a lot of dedication six days a week yes yeah. yeah. and 
ever since, um, I guess, you know, starting your path as a dancer, now you are an artistic director. How has that background as a dancer influenced your artistic directing style? Well, I'm still a dancer. Mm-hmm. I'm still performing and choreo- chore- choreographing. For Kokoro, and, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that... Uh, all of the influence of my life has really, um, uh, including meeting Jay and starting this company, has mm-hmm. really affected all the choices that I make. And I've been in dance uh, long enough and been exposed to so many different choreographers and artistic directors. It just, be, you know, it just follows on that if you're gonna if you're gonna stay in an art form, practice that art form, then you experience a lot of different levels within that. Mm-hmm. And in order to be able to have a company without a great deal of resources and anything, we, you have to wear many hats. So we both, Jay and I both choreograph, we both dance. He does the, it, he does most of the admin work and I mm-hmm. do the artistic direction. So it is a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's our life calling and it's what we love to do. So mm-hmm. it's wonderful. And we will, both are continuing to dance. We're uh, Jay is 68 and I'm 64. So, you know, we will spend our life in this wonderful art form. Well, I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. And I just had a question. I, when, when have you guys started the um, IDF? And, um, and when choosing, do you guys choose pieces like, you know, like how your uh, museum curates art pieces for an exhibit? How do you guys choose what Definitely to... we curate. Mm-hmm. We uh, choose pieces. We've, in the fifth, this is the fifteenth VIDF, mm-hmm. and in the fifteen years we've been producing, we have traveled to see work. We've been to Europe and uh, back east, and mm-hmm. um, in recent years, though, it's been difficult to. Uh, we like to both travel, but that can mm-hmm. get expensive. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we've been taking turns going, and we also uh, see a lot of work submitted to us on video. Oh, I see. And our mandate is to uh, produce local national and international artists so we're always looking for something that piques our interest that perks our imagination um, that and we really want to bring work to Vancouver that maybe people have not seen Mm -hmm. so that's sort of how we're working like not just uh, because we've produced ballet flamenco Mm -hmm. modern dance buto dance uh, tap company uh, youth companies. We've done a lot. Uh, so we're not, we have an eclectic taste. Last year, Israel Galvan performed at the festival and he is like just an astonishing flamenco dancer from Spain. And uh, it was so, he's just like amazing. <laughs> no like, words. Sublime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no words to dis- discuss that kind of artistry. When, when choosing, do you have a set theme in mind for each festival, like such as like, okay, no. okay, so it's like, it doesn't matter what, what the storylines they have for each piece no, are. Dance is much more abstract. There's no, okay, I see. you can't really, um, you know, ballet, the old classical ballets have stories and, mm-hmm. and, and I think that it's, uh, our themes are mostly about the body how people, because it's dance and that's the primary uh, instrument, we're interested in the different ways people and the different aesthetics that people have when working with the body. And I think that's a theme uh, every year. So we're not, we're not a multidisciplinary festival, we're not producing theater, dance, Mm -hmm. music, but we have a kind of overview of this instrument that we all share this, and this 
this uh, presence of the body and how people different how choreographers look at that differently and what kind of ideas they have around that. I see. And that's an ongoing theme. I mean, we don't we don't say, okay, this year we're going to do the theme is blue, or you know, <laughs> like we don't do that. We really we really look for the aesthetic of the artist and <laughs> and if it inspires and if it's. Uh, something we want to, and we have a relationship, or we even, we, you know, we don't. Sometimes we meet new people, mm -hmm. and that's wonderful. And we like what we see. We um, ask them to come. Oh, okay. So I'm gu I'm guessing the the main idea of the the entire Vancouver International Dance Festival is just dance is the primary element. It's not dance is used as a medium to do something else. No, it's I said the, primary. the body. I said the body. Excuse me, the body. Right, the body. So that you know, that's a that's an that's uh, a very large idea, the body, mm -hmm. and uh, this in this festival, people approach that in quite a different way. Um, you know, we have a sameness as human beings; we all have the same body, mm -hmm. but dwelling inside is quite different things. And I think dance has a very, it, it, for me, it really is about expressing the inner life of the individual, mm -hmm. and that's what's so compelling to other people. When they, it's a visceral, you know, when you when you watch something, you can't s describe it in words, but it's touched you somehow. Same thing with music, because music is also a very abstract form. It's quite different uh, when you are listening to a play or watching a play, and it has a very specific story. It's not that you mm -hmm. can't be moved by it. It's just a different kind of know, sensation. Yeah, yeah, I think so. How do you feel about current dance shows in today's media, such as? Dancing with the Stars, or so you think you can dance? Do you um, think they show um, as much dance as they possibly could, or is it just kind of the, the well, same? Well, they're not really about the art. Mm. They're about entertainment, and people can do whatever. I mean, you know, in our world, people do whatever they want to entertain other people. Mm -hmm. You know, doing a three-minute dance, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like it's not mm -hmm. that... And it, because the format of those shows is very uh, limited and, and very um, uh, cookie cutter. Yeah, they're edited heavily. Oh, totally. And uh, also it's the same every week. I don't. Th it's not really dance to me. It's mm -hmm. entertainment. It doesn't have the rigor of an art form. It doesn't have the depth. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's nice to see, you know... Uh, the stars kind of stumble around and, you know, you can laugh <laughs> mm -hmm. or, you know, so you think you can dance is really about youth mm -hmm. and um, that can be quite painful sometimes to watch because the judging can be brutal and, I see. you know, and it, it becomes a kind of gladiator thing, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. You know, it's not really my cup of tea. I did watch it for a couple of seasons, but I just, um, I just can't, it's just not... You know, there's it's hard, be, and and the other thing is dance mm -hmm. on uh, television is very flat. Yes, it's not three dimensional, so you mm -hmm. can't really get a sense of the body really. Mm -hmm. So it's you know kind of devoted to tricks and how fast you can go or really depends on how they caught it on camera. Yeah, exactly. So um, if someone were to attend the Vancouver International Dance Festival and they'd never ever seen the shows, what would they? What would be the first thing that kind of hits them, you think? Well, that would be different, I think, for every person, but mm -hmm. um, I think that um, they'll Let's be... Let's say they went to Cocoa Dance. Really, oh, mm -hmm. well, that's a, that's a piece in uh, Woodward's Atrium, so there's no 
you know, it's free. They, mm -hmm. they can stay. They can go. It's very, it's loose. It's very intense, but beautiful. And I think that uh, in that, with that particular piece in that particular space, it really has a wonderful kind of complement to the architecture of that atrium. That would hit me if I was watching something mm -hmm. in that space, but I don't know about other people. Um, but coming to the Roundhouse, you're struck by this community. First of all, the Roundhouse is a wonderful uh, venue because it's such a big community. Mm -hmm. There's kids playing, there's basketball going on. You walk through, then all of a sudden there's dance shows, you know, like big dance shows. And it's a very comfortable atmosphere. The Playhouse mm -hmm. is different. It's a much more formal kind of atmosphere, but very comfortable seats. Oh, that's so, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good plus. Yeah, it's hard to know if the... Uh, uh, I think community is one of the um, the things that might strike people right away. How many people respond to the art of dance and, and how many people are there from the very young to the very old. It runs the gamut of ages and experiences and I think that might hit people. And people, the other thing is people shouldn't be afraid to go and see mm -hmm. something that they haven't experienced before because um, you never know what your reaction is going to be until you are in the darkened theater and mm -hmm. it's your relationship to the artistic process of what you're seeing on stage you never know how you're going to react and it's it's much different than seeing something on television or something on film mm -hmm. film is its own medium of course um so yeah not to be afraid to try it so people say oh i don't know about contemporary dance i can't think about that people people i think they fear that they can't understand it no you don't there's nothing to understand <laughs> it's all about feeling mm -hmm. right it's all about sensation and experience and you uh it, you don't have to it's not you don't have to make logical sense out of it it's abstract like music like it's really I can't imagine any, well, I, probably people said that to Mozart. I can't, I don't understand what it's about. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, it's silly, right? It's music. <laughs> it's whatever you feel it's about. Mm -hmm. It's the same with dance. So I have a question. Have you already started on planning for the next Vancouver International Dance yeah. Festival? Oh, yeah. We have to, we, uh, because we're every year, it's really, we have, we have to work on it year round. Mm -hmm. So see. we've already started feelers out for 2016 we've already had people um ask if, you know if you know if we'd be interested in seeing their work that kind of thing nice so, can you give us the teaser what's to come or nope is that under wraps no I all right all I right i want to do that <laughs> gotcha week one of festival 2015 that's so, true yeah all right well thank you so much for letting me into your lovely abode and i had such a pleasure interviewing you thank you so much i thank hope you, the Ashley. vancouver international dance festival does really well, and I believe, again, it's until the 28th. March 28th, yes. Roundhouse Theatre. Yes. In Vancouver, which people should see. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome back to the Arts Report. We're now joined by our theatre correspondent, Christine, with Hello. Triumph of Love. Hi, Christine. Hello. I'm just here to give a review of the Triumph of Love show that I saw last Thursday. Um, Triumph of Love was a really funny and sexy musical all about the pursuit of one girl's man. Mm -hmm. um, and you know that this is going to be a really funny show immediately 
with the introduction of the play. It's given by a grumpy gardener who Mm -hmm. sings his way through the typical spiel of turning off your cell phones and all your other electronic devices. And after he gets off the stage, you really familiarize yourself with this really intimate seven-person cast. Mm -hmm. Um, And because each person in the cast is so distinct, it makes it quite easy to follow along with what's going on in the plot um, because you don't have to keep track with, you know, a lot of a cast lot of, members. Yeah. I, I remember the back it had like a lot of cast members and it was like it was kind of cool because then you get like a, like a chorus kind of thing happening mm-hmm. but you're like who is who? <laughs> yeah and these people you can really just be like oh that's that's the sneaky princess, that's the prince, that's the clown. You can really mm-hmm. um, kind of encapsulate the characters um, characteristics in a couple words um, and the other thing too was the actors and the actresses on stage were had a really good ability to enunciate um, while they were singing and mm-hmm. that also made it very easy to follow along with the plot um, and in fact I didn't really have a very good memory of the singing ability of the UBC theater <laughs> students from previous years uh-huh. but this year I was pleasantly surprised to hear the harmonies that the cast was able to hit mm-hmm. throughout the play um, and I want to highlight two people the gardener Nathan played by Nathan Cottell mm-hmm. as well as um, the as well as Hezion, who was played by Gazelle Azerbad, those two did really well in their own solos that mm-hmm. they got to sing throughout the play. And they're, like, singing in character, too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, they could hit, like, all the high notes and all mm-hmm. the low notes. It was, they did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Um, the other thing that I was very surprised about was the kind of humor that was in the play. And the humor was really? always affiliated with uh-huh. sex and raunchy jokes, coupled mm-hmm. with physical gestures. Um, so it, I realized that this was definitely for a mature audience. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that being said, there wasn't any explicit nudity or cursing. Um, and along with kind of that sexual innuendo, the play had a parallel theme of mm-hmm. deceit. The women in general were accused of being deceitful um, in the play, and Mm -hmm. the main female character proves to deceive the majority of the men that she interacts with in the play. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, in the end, Princess Leonide ends up being forgiven for all her deceit, and she gets the guy of her dreams. Um, So in that sense, I found that the plot, um, coupled with that kind of humor and this idea of women being very deceitful, and having some loose ends not tied uh-huh. at the very end, like that really um, added to kind of the unresolved feelings you get at the end of the play and what you're left wondering about, mm-hmm. um, which I think was nice in a way. Like it kept it keeps you thinking about um, these kind of themes and these kind of questions. Um, you mentioned that the main character, um, Princess Leonide, Leonide. 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 Uh, she's very deceitful, but do you think that audiences would still sympathize with her character? Oh, yeah. I think that was a really big part of it because mm-hmm. when she is forgiven for all the deceit that she had played with, it's it's a happy ending, and, mm-hmm. it's, a, and it's an ending that, as an audience, you find a lot of joy with because she's the protagonist, okay. and she gets what she was kind of she started off looking for so she you're happy for her because she struggled to get what she wanted right Mm -hmm. and then she like endeavored does she learn anything though like is there is there a moral to it does she see the error of her ways or anything like that 
I think th- that was also kind of a like a mini climax in it when she's met with um, the fruits of all her deceit, where she mm-hmm. has to explain to um, the guy of her dreams that, hey, I lied to you. And mm-hmm. she also has to tell everybody else that she lied to um, and kind of like come clean. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reaction by the man of her dreams of just like complete I really don't care, I still love you, was like a big (laughs) part of the conclusion of the play that I found was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was was an interesting clean slate that I didn't expect, that I I thought something something else would happen, but Mm -hmm. it really just was, nope, I I don't care. That's the reason why it's a comedy, right? (laughs) And I mean, and apart from that too, the live music um, with this musical Mm -hmm. and the band... They did great in helping the story flow. I mean, they had um, they accentuated certain um, lines and and comedic timing. I'm guessing. Yeah, um, which they couldn't have gotten if the if this was like on a soundtrack, just um, virtually. And the final thing that I couldn't help was help but notice was the symmetry of the set and the actor placements throughout the musical numbers, um, which made it really visually appealing. Mm -hmm. So if there was a shrub added to one side of the stage, then another shrub would be added to the other side. And if a bench was turned around, Mm -hmm. then um, the bench on the other half of the stage would also be turned around. Um, If four actors were on stage, it would be two and two, and, and so on and so forth. Um, so the symmetry really helped make the musical numbers really look like n- musical numbers. And mm-hmm. that I give total props to the director, Barbara, for making it Different seem... Barbara, just for people. Listening. Oh. <laughs> Different Barbara, not Miss Berger. Yeah, uh, director of this musical for making the musical numbers look very legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the final... Mm-hmm. Um, piece for the UBC Theater 1415 season and I was supposed to say this last week but um, I want to give a little um, preview into the UBC Theater 1516 season mm-hmm. um, and I was told by the marketing and communications coordinator for UBC Theater that for next year's season it's going to be an all-female playwright season. Ooh, that's so. nice representation. <laughs> so you heard it here first at on Arts Report and if you'd like to know more about the UBC Theater um, season coming up, just be sure to um, keep an eye out for their uh, press releases. Do uh, any hints yet as to what plays people can expect? Mm, I do think that with the popularity of Triumph of Love, I wouldn't be surprised if there was another musical this um, season. I think that they backed away from musicals um, for the last couple of years, but coming back with Triumph of Love and having it be so... Um, Feeling. Yeah, and received really well by um, the community. I think they are definitely looking into doing something similar to Triumph of Love again. Mm, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to jump right into shoutouts. Okay. Go for it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and the first one that I just want to talk about is famous puppet death scenes. I, I've seen this before, and it's an excellent performance. Where did you see it? Uh, I saw it a few years back at the Colch, and it was a year that um, my family decided for Christmas presents, we would draw names, and then you'd go do an activity with whoever n- name you were drawn. And I ended up with my brother going to see famous puppet death scenes at the Colch. That's cool. Nice. Really, so it's an amazing production. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for mo- many of you guys, if you don't know what it is, it's um, a collection of puppet shows. Um, some of the ones that are going to be um, shown in this showing is Edward's Last Prance, um, the Ballad of Edward Grew, Feverish Heart, Why Am I So Sad? <laughs> and all of these are intended to deconstruct your traumatized psyche and reconstruct you so that death means nothing to you anymore. So it's a quite, um, like, it's a very confident statement saying mm-hmm. by the end of this show, you are not going to fear death, which is intriguing. <laughs> and right, you're I'd, like, I'd like to challenge that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very intriguing. And um, it was originally created and performed in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I originally am from Calgary, so this is a lot of pride in me. <laughs> Calgary represent. Um, and it was founded 16 years ago. Um, and it's just gotten an amazing, um, amazing, I guess, approval by the public. Mm-hmm. It's on its 2014-15 North American tour right now. Um, it's gone to Banff, it's gone to Washington, it's gone to Edmonton, and now it's finally at Vancouver. It's going to be playing from March 31st to April 19th at the Culch. Um, and you can get tickets. Um, tickets are only $19 to come see the play. Um, and these tickets can be bought um, through the culture's box office. I have one question. Do they always do the same, like, puppet deaths? Or is it, like, different every year? They're like, you know what, let's try like this person's death or whatever. No, I think that this performance is going to be quite unique. Okay. Um, I mean, it, the tour might, this 2014-15 tour is probably the same puppet death show that they're going to be showing in Washington and Banff, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But... Um, the Old Trout Puppet Workshop, this group of people who is putting on the show, mm-hmm. um, they've been revamping the program, I think, over the years and have created something new. So even if you've seen or heard of these guys and went to go see them five years ago or ten years ago, um, you're still in for a really good treat. Um, it's evolved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Um, yeah, and they've been everywhere. They've been to Canada, to the U.S., to Europe. And um, it's quite a treat to have them back in Vancouver. <laughs> and it's um, good. It's like it's definitely really a funny show, but there are some that really kind of well, at least the year that I saw it, the mm-hmm. particular puppets who who perished. Um, mm-hmm. There was <laughs> some some funny and some thoughtful deaths mm-hmm. as well. Uh-huh. It, it does make me wonder though if if the if a, if a puppet dies. Mm-hmm. Do they have another puppet for each? Because a lot of those puppets thoroughly die. Okay. <laughs> like a replacement puppet. I wouldn't be surprised if the um, budget for this guy was wildly more than musicals and plays. <laughs> Considering <laughs> is like how intricate some of these puppets look. If you just mm-hmm. get to look at the pictures of these puppets, they're quite intricate. They're very well made. <laughs> um, the other thing, too, is they are going to have a question and answer session after the show, the puppet show, um, um, from April 2nd to 14th. So it won't just be puppet show. It'll be okay. getting to interact with the people who are see actually... The, uh, see the artistic vision behind exactly. these puppets. Got it. And the second shout-out that I'm going to quickly do is for a performance by Patrick Keating. It's a prison memoir called Inside Out. And this is going to run from April 2nd to 12th. And I'll also be doing um, 
a review of that, so be on the lookout for that. But basically, this is uh-huh. a... Oh, I wanted to ask, is it like, did he take his memoir and then dramatized it? Or is it just a reading? Or what is, the, what is this about? Um, I'm interested. Yeah, so this is Patrick Keating's autobiographical biographical work. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it reveals stories, real true stories, from the prison yard, a plane flight and um, his journey through the Canadian criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it's going to be dramatized, but life in prison is also a world that I'm not familiar with and Mm -hmm. am quite intrigued by to have him talk about those experiences and um, get to delve deep into the Canadian justice system in a way that isn't, you know, a lecture. Okay, I see. Mm -hmm. And where is that being held again? This is going to be held in the um, Little Mountain Gallery. That's 197 East 26th Avenue. Um, the curtains will be at 7.30 from April 2nd to 12th. And if you want tickets, check out brownpapertickets.com. And that's right off Maine, I think. It's about Maine and mm-hmm. Maine and 29th oh. or so. The Little Mountain Gallery. <laughs> uh, I've got a shout-out. Um and I, I told you guys that I could do this within one minute. All right. But I don't think I have to necessarily. You, you got time, so yeah, you got I, time. I, think, I think I'll take my time with it. All right, go ahead. But I wanted to tell everyone about the Sonic Boom Festival. Um, and that is a festival of contemporary classical music, which is in its 28th year in Vancouver. So it's, uh, it's running from now, the March 25th until the 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's downtown at a couple different spots, the um, Orpheum Theater Annex and um, and somewhere else too that I <laughs> didn't write down. Um, so this year for the festival, there are quite a few things. There's a composer in residence, Aaron Gervais, who is an Edmonton-born, San Francisco-based freelance composer um, who brings a lot of humor to his music. So um, you kind of get that in a lot of just the titles of his works you with songs or well not maybe not songs but pieces like Disney Princess Disasters uh, which is a chamber music composition which is um, so not what you might normally think there's also Hockey Story which is a three-part contemporary classical piece with um, keyboards and sort of a vocal collage happening which um is again not what you think and and there's another song called shit around the world um which is a i wonder how they're going to do that with contemporary classical music <laughs> it's it well it's all i mean contemporary classical is an mm-hmm. interesting genre because it's i think it's what a lot of people think when if you hear yeah, experimental classical, like music Bach and whatever exactly they think that yeah very different from that um really contemporary really um you get a lot of experimental sort of sort of things. I know that once I took a listening to music class and we saw a performance of contemporary classical music, this is just to give an idea of of what a, a performance might look like, and they would roll dice, and whatever those numbers would land at, they would tune a radio to, and there were three radios on stage, and so oh, all cool. by chance, yeah. and you'd never recreate the same thing. So... This might not be as far out as that, but but there's around. There's also, the festival focuses a lot on local uh, composers and musicians. So there's the Turning Point Ensemble and Pro Musica Society of Vancouver. Um, Vancouver Pro Musica was founded 
1984 and is a non-profit that uh, likes to produce original um, works that pair together BC composers and BC musicians. Um, there's also uh, a project called the Piano and Erhu Project, which uh, combines Western and Eastern schools of music. So the Erhu, if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, is a classical Chinese stringed instrument. Um, and with this project, there's actually Corey Ham, who plays the piano, and he's an associate professor at UBC, and Nicole Lee, who, who plays the Eru, and, um, and she's a concert master of the BC Chinese Orchestra. So, um, so you got a lot of stuff. It's, it's a classical um, festival, but, but as you say, it's not top 40 classical. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, Bach and, and everything. Beethoven. Yeah, but but it is really exciting. So it's really innovative music, really exciting music, and um, and even if the music's something new, if you're if you're open to new things, I think it's a really cool festival to hear some music, and um, especially if you're open to mm-hmm. things you might not have heard before. And if it's not accessible in style, it's accessible in the wallet because students can go for about ten dollars tickets oh, start about nice. ten bucks for students so it's not too bad when is the festival uh the festival is march 25th to the 29th oh it starts today it starts today that's right and also um it's also at the piat hall p-y-a-t-t they're both located on seymour street that's right i actually got something uh to mention uh there's a play going down at uh, Pandora's Box Studio. Uh, so maybe you've heard of Rice and Beans Theater. They're a local theater company, and they actually have a lot of SFU talent uh, coming out there. Um, so I'll just give you a quick breakdown about what Mies Papa is about. So the play Mies Papa um, is about uh, some immigrants who come to Canada. The years after immigrating to Canada for a better life, Stella and Pedro their happily ever after is rewritten by a life-threatening infection. In the form of a 12-round boxing match, Mies Papa is a bilingual, passionate, hard-hitting, and personal adaptation of the story of two immigrants whose happily ever after has an asterisk put on it. <laughs> Based on the story of uh, the co-artistic director, uh, Pedro Kamale Jr.'s parents, Mies Papa follows the journey of Stella and Pedro Sr., as they try to find a way to cope with the husk of what was once their dream life. Mies Papa will be running uh, March 24th to 28th, so it's running right now, at Pandora's Box Studio uh, at 8 p.m. with a 2 p.m. matinee on the 28th of March. Uh, so if you're interested in checking it out, Pandora's Box Studios is located at 1890 Pandora Street. Tickets are 15 to $20.00. And the seating is limited, so if you're wanting to check this out, uh, it'll be a very nice, intimate atmosphere in a really uh, cool environment, and it seems like it's a very innovative play. So uh, it's definitely worth checking out. You'd be supporting very, very locally-based theater. Mm-hmm. And unless anybody else has anything to shout out about, I think I think what I notice a uh, theme in today's show is that try something new. Try something that you haven't done before, such as UBC with their musical. Um, Serena, when she came in with the Vancouver International Dance Festival, this contemporary classical music, Mies Papas, try something new. Try something local. I like it. And on that note, 
I'm going to play us out. So thank you guys uh, very much for joining us. If you've been tuning in, you've been listening to CITR's Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. We give you the lowdown on local theater, local dance, local visual art, local everything cool and cultural. So today it was myself, Rohit, and... Ashley. My name's Jake. Christine. And thank you for being with us. Uh, Till next time, folks, uh, take it easy. of a 12-round boxing match, Miss Papas is a bilingual, passionate, hard-hitting, and personal adaptation of two immigrants whose happily ever after has an asterisk put on it. March 24th to 28th at Pandora's Box Studios.